in August of last year, I was trying to decide whether or not to run for president of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Been encouraged to do so and was seeking counsel from people. I was praying about it. I was just trying to, to find out if this is God's will. And so through that whole process, I kept trying to hear from God, but I wasn't hearing anything. I kept trying to hear God's voice, but I wasn't hearing anything. I'd write down the pros and the cons, and I'd pray about it, and I sought godly counsel some more, but I just could not decide if this was God's will. One day after going over everything again, probably for the hundredth time with my wife, she's my sounding board, and after going over it again with her, she asked me a question. She said, Keith... What do you sense God is saying to you through this? And I very frankly and honestly looked at her and was really kind of not mad at her, but just mad at the whole situation. And I said, God's not saying anything to me. In fact, it's been a long time since God said anything to me. You ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like God is just silent and God is distant? And I'm just not hearing anything from God. Not on this issue, not on any issue. Well, Lisa suggested that I get away somewhere and pray, which was very good counsel. And so we had a, I had a state convention meeting in Columbia that very next week on Wednesday. And so I, I went to White Oak Conference Center on Monday and Tuesday prior to the convention meeting because it's kind of halfway to Columbia, uh, the White Oak Conference Center is. So I went there, stopped at White Oak Conference Center, and just spent two days alone, just me and my Bible and the Lord, and I was tired, I'll be honest with you, I was tired, I was frustrated, I was spiritually empty, I was just drained, and I was trying to hear from God. On the first day, I sat there in that little room, and I I was reading a book, and the author talked about a time when Jesus asked two blind men one question, and the question was, what do you want me to do for you? And the author took that question to say, if you could have God do something for you, What's that one thing you'd ask God to do for you? And I sat there in that apartment by myself, and I kept thinking about, what's the one thing I want God to do for me? And and as I thought about it, I finally said, God, I want you to tell me whether or not I should run for president. And then I I thought about that, and I thought, you know, this is kind of like on TV where you get one wish, and you better use it wisely. I thought, I I need something bigger and better than tell me if I should run for president. I need more than that. That's not going to get me through this dark time. And so I thought about it, and I thought, no, I want God to tell me what's in my future. I want God to tell me what he has in store for me. And I thought about it some more. I thought, no, that's still not it. I still need more than that. That's not going to get me out of this dark time that I'm experiencing. That's not going to renew me spiritually. I I need something more than that. As I sat there for a while, then suddenly it hit me. And with tears in my eyes, this is what I said. I said, God, if there's one thing that you could do for me, here's what it is. I want to hear your voice again. That's what I need. I want to hear your voice again. And that became my prayer for that retreat. And it was on that retreat, by the way, that I started studying Psalm 23. There was a lake there at the conference center, and I went out and I sat by the lake. And I opened my Bible to Psalm 23. I wasn't even sure where to start reading. I just, I'll just read Psalm 23. And I, I read Psalm 23, and that's 
on that study retreat, that, that spiritual retreat, that's where I started digging into Psalm 23, which eventually led to the series that I preached in October on Psalm 23. Remember what David said in that psalm? David said, he leads me beside quiet waters. And I sat there beside the lake and I meditated on that. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There by that lake and over the period of a couple of days, God used the psalmist David to mentor me. And I slowly began to hear God's voice again. But here's my question today. Why is it that when we need God the most, He sometimes seems distant and silent? Why doesn't He reveal Himself through an audible or a supernatural voice? I mean, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Why doesn't He answer our prayers with a a definite yes or a definite no or a definite maybe? Why doesn't He provide us with clear, unmistakable guidance when we are stumbling through a fog of uncertainty. Have you ever wrestled with the disturbing silence of God? If so, I want you to know you're in good company. David, the man who wrote the 23rd Psalm, he wrote another Psalm. It's interesting where it falls in the Bible. David, the man who wrote about the Lord is my shepherd, he leads me, he guides me, he takes care of me. David, who wrote those words, wrote another psalm, and it's not Psalm 23, it's Psalm 22. The psalm before Psalm 23 is very significant, very revealing. Psalm 22, open God's word. Psalm 22. Most of this psalm that we're about to read is is not eloquent or poetic when you compare it to Psalm 23. It's not filled with gratitude. It is not filled with confidence in God, most of it. This psalm is filled with anguish. This psalm is filled with perhaps anger. This is not a man praising God, at least not in the first half of the psalm. This is not a man praising God. This is a man who is questioning God. And David could not get God to answer him when he needed him most. David struggled with the silence of God when he needed to hear from God. And some of you know what that feels like. Some of you know exactly what that's like. You know the frustration of praying and waiting and nothing happening. You know the pain and the torment of of hoping and praying and nothing changing. David wrote Psalm 22 as he struggled with the disturbing silence of God. And we're going to start out with just the first two verses. And here's what David said. Psalm 22, he says, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, and am not silent. David was very open and honest as he begins this psalm. And if those words sound familiar to you, they are the words that Jesus spoke from the cross about a thousand years later. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those are the words Jesus spoke from the cross. Those are the words that David first wrote a thousand years before. 
Have you ever considered how significant it is for the Son of God to be hanging on the cross and asking God, where are you? Asking God, why don't you answer my prayers? Asking God, why are you so distant from me? At this time when I'm on the cross and I need you the most, why are you so distant and so silent? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, Jesus perfectly obeyed God's law. He successfully resisted all the temptation he had faced. There was no sin in his life for him to confess. He was totally yielded to the Father's will. And yet in the last hour of his earthly life, he expressed distress and disappointment with the thundering silence of God. I say to you today that if Jesus experienced those times when it seemed like God was refusing to speak, we should not be surprised that we will experience those times as well. In Psalm 22, David wrestles with that very problem. He's, here's the situation, the historical situation around Psalm 22. David is being attacked by his enemies that he did not provoke. He's being attacked on all sides from, from other countries, other armies. And he, he's feeling overwhelmed. He's feeling like there will be a sure defeat And he has not brought on this attack. He's not done anything to bring it on. So he prays for God to deliver him. He's asking for God's assistance over his enemies. But he experiences instead a disturbing silence from God. Psalm 22 is is the distraught distraught prayer of a man who's praying to God. And there's nothing wrong in his life that he knows of. And he's trying to do his best to ask for God's help and to seek God's favor and God's assistance and there's no reason in his mind that God shouldn't respond. But God doesn't respond. There's only silence. Times like that are hard to deal with. Have you found that out to be true? Times like that are hard to deal with. Because you can't figure out why you can't hear from God. Last August, when I was going through that dark time in my life, I could not figure out why I could not hear from God. I wanted to do God's will. I wanted to serve Him. I was willing to do whatever He wanted me to do. At least I thought I was. And I could not figure out why I could not hear from God. And it was almost as if God refuses to speak. One author calls it the stubborn silence of God. Almost as if He just refuses to speak. Warren Wiersbe, talking about Psalm 22, said, This is not the cry of a complaining servant, but the sob of a broken-hearted child asking, Where is my father when I need him? God's disturbing silence leads David to some disturbing questions. Look at in verse 1. The first question is this. My God, my God. And here's the question. Why have you forsaken me? The word forsaken there is a very interesting word. It's a very picturesque word. It means, listen to this, it means to leave, to abandon, to reject, to ignore, or to neglect. Have you ever cried out to God and just knew that if, if God would, would, would respond, everything would be okay? You've cried out to Him just knew that if God would respond, then everything would be okay. But instead of the response that you wanted, there was nothing but silence. Instead of the response you needed, there was nothing but silence. And it seemed like the God you have believed in, the God you've been serving, has now somehow forsaken you. He's not there when you need him. It feels like he has left you. It feels like he's abandoned you. It feels like he has neglected you. When you needed him and prayed to him, you experienced nothing but the disturbing silence of God. 
that led that first question led to another question in verse one. David said this, and get your pen or pencil handy. Get him, get it ready. David says, "Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning." You, I would encourage you to underline those two words. So far. Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. Translation: God, if you really love me, why does it seem like you're so distant? Look at verse 2. Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night and am not silent. I'm crying out day and night, but you're not there. It just seems like you're so distant. There are times when God seems silent, and as best as we can tell, it's not because of sin in our life. As best as we can tell, it's not because we've disobeyed Him in some way. And we can't, we can't rationalize it. We can't reason it out. We can't figure it out. That's why David's asking these questions. David is saying, why? Why so silent? Why so distant? You probably, no doubt, have heard lots of things about Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa once wrote a book, and it was really just a compilation of personal letters that she had written over the years, and someone put that together in a book, and the book's title is, Come Be My Light. And in that book, she chronicles in her letters, she describes a a season that lasted for some years. And during this season that lasted for some years, there was this extraordinary silence from God. This godly woman, extraordinarily godly woman, went through a very painful season where she begged God to cast light on her very dark night. And for reasons she could not understand, God seemed strangely silent. Not for days, not for weeks, not for months, but for years. And her chosen course of action is what inspired me so. How would you respond if you were sacrificing in India like she was, and for years it seemed like God was distant and silent, how would you respond to that? Here's how she responded. Instead of growing resentful or hard-hearted, Mother Teresa said this, Even though I don't feel His presence, I will seek to love Him as He has never been loved. Even though I don't feel His presence and haven't for years, I will seek to love him as he has never been loved. Part of our spiritual pilgrimage is learning how to deal in the right way with the disturbing silence of God. And David gives us a hint in how we can handle it the right way in verse 22. I want you to make sure you have something to write with. You you can write this down in the column of your Bible or maybe on your bulletin or somewhere that you're going to remember this because you're going to need this. If you don't need it today, you're going to need it sometime. And so let me give you a couple of things that will help you deal with this disturbing silence of God as we look at how David dealt with it. There are two things that David did that you and I can do. Here's the first one. Talk to God even when you don't sense Him talking to you. Talk to God even when you don't sense Him talking to you. You see, if when you take the time to read the entire 22nd Psalm, For nearly the entire psalm, David is having a very frank conversation with God. But remember how this conversation starts. Verse 1, 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not understand. And by night, or you do not respond, you do not answer. And by night, I am not silent. It was as if David had decided, I may not hear his voice, but I'm going to make sure he hears mine. And so he continued to talk to God. He's asking God questions. He's, he's telling God he, how he feels about everything. But isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? Jesus, in that time of silence, when he felt distant from God and silence from God, isn't that what Jesus did when he cried out these very same words? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He kept talking to God even when he did not sense God talking to him. You might be experiencing today that very disturbing silence of God, and it is very disturbing. And your inclination might be to give up on God. Your inclination might be to run away from God. Your inclination, inclination might be to shut God out. But that's the worst thing that you can do. What you need to do is to continue to talk to God, even though you don't sense Him talking to you. Ask Him questions. Tell Him what you're feeling. Tell Him if you're angry. But keep talking to Him. Keep talking to Him. Because when you continue to talk to him, you continue to look to him. And that's so important. And you can look to him and say, God, I'm angry. You can look at him and say, God, I'm frustrated. You can look to him and say, God, I don't understand. But if you will keep talking to him, at least you're still looking to him. Soren Kierkegaard said that Christians are like school children who want to look up answers to their math problems in the back of the book instead of working through their problems. Isn't that good? You remember that? Don't you remember that in school? Come on, be honest. You looked in the back of the book, didn't you? You know you did. Teacher told you not to, but you found out that there was that section in the back of the book, and it was like, glory be to God, I'm going to make it through math. But aren't we like that? We would rather look in the back quickly to, to solve the problem rather than work our way through the problem. But when we're working our way through the problem, that's when a lot of the growing occurs. When we're struggling our way through the problem, that's when a lot of the learning occurs. So as you're trying to discern, why is God silent? Why does He seem so distant? Keep talking to Him. Keep working your way through the problem. Here's a second thing that David did that you and I can do. Trust in God when it's the hardest to do so. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. It's easy to trust in God when there's no problems. It's easy to trust in God when everything's good. It's easy to trust in God when everybody's well. It's easy to trust in God when you can pay your bills. It's easy to trust in God when you don't have cancer. It's easy to trust in God when everything is fine. It's easy to trust in God then. Real faith. Real faith is trusting in God when you don't feel like trusting in Him. Trusting in God when you find it hard to believe in Him. But I want you to notice, go back to chapter, uh, Psalm 22. I want you to notice the first words of the psalm. 
The very first words of the psalm are these. My God, my God. Look at verse 2, the very first words of verse 2. Oh, my God. David experienced the absence of God in his life, but in these words we see, in these words, my God, we see evidence that he still had faith in God, even when God was silent. He was still trusting in God, even when God was silent. And if you continue to read through the psalm, I wish we had the time to really dig into the entire psalm, but let's skip down to verse 4 and 5. Look what Dave says. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted. Notice this word. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. David is saying, listen, I remember my forefathers, and the way they made it through tough times is they trusted in you, and, and he says it more than one time. They trusted in you, they trusted in you, and you delivered them. Now skip down to verse 8, or verse 7. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. And here's what they say about David. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. You know what David is saying? David is saying, God, I have trusted in you since before I can remember. I have trusted in you since the day I was born. And I will continue to trust in you even now. Even in this hard time of life, in this hard season of life, I will trust in you even now. I want you to see what happens. The turning point, again, if we had time to read the whole psalm, but the turning point comes in verse 22. First 21 verses, David is really just telling God the way he feels. He's pouring his heart out to God. He's struggling with God. And then in verse 22, look what happens. Verse 22 I will declare your name to my brothers, and in the congregations I will praise you. Wait a minute, praise you? I th- he was questioning God as he started this psalm. Now he's say- talking about praising God. And when you read the rest of the psalm, that's what he continues to do. He's praising God. And the turning point happened at verse 22. I would love to say to David, David, tell me what changed. How did you get from verse 1 to verse 22. What changed there for you in verse 22? I believe David would have said something like this. I believe he would have said something like, you know what? I'm really not sure. I just kept talking to God, and by talking to God, keep talking to God, that allowed me to keep trusting in God. And and I kept talking to God, and that allowed me to keep trusting in God. And I really can't tell you where, I really can't tell you when, but but somewhere across, I crossed that line. Somewhere I stepped over and decided He is God. And He is not distant. And He is not silent. And somewhere, I really don't know where, but somewhere I just I suddenly found myself hearing His voice again. 
and now I'm praising him again. I found that to be true. Folks, listen to me. Let me talk to you as your pastor. I found that to be true in my life. That if you'll keep talking to God, that allows you to keep trusting in God. And you keep talking to God, and you keep trusting God, and somewhere along the way, you're going to cross that line, and you're not going to know what day it is, and it's not going to be an electrifying moment, but, but suddenly one day you're just going to realize God's speaking to you again. God seems close again. God's no longer distant. God's no longer silent. And I wonder, I've, I've thought about this, I wonder how long it took him to get from verse 1 to verse 22. I don't mean as far as writing it. I mean living it. How long did it, get him, did it take for him to get from, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To get to verse 22 where he said, I will praise you. I wonder how long that took. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was days or weeks or months. I don't know how long it took. But here's what I do know. Because he kept talking to God, he kept looking to God, and because he kept looking to God, that enabled him to keep trusting in God. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. If God seems distant, and if God seems silent, just keep talking to him. Just keep trusting him, even when you don't want to trust him. And one day, one day you'll have a verse 22 experience. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have that verse 22 experience where one day you suddenly realize that you somewhere along the way you stepped across the line. Somewhere along the way you stopped questioning God. Somewhere along the way God doesn't seem distant or silent anymore. But you've got to keep talking to Him. And you've got to keep trusting Him. Even if you don't feel like doing it right now. Let's pray about that. Maybe today right here is, would be a good place for you to start talking to God again. Maybe this would be the place where you begin to, to start your verse 22 experience. Where suddenly you begin to realize you can praise Him. As it says in verse 22, I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. This would be a good place over in the Life Center. Those watching over there, go to the cross. Go to a corner. Just get by yourself and just start talking to God again. Start trusting God again. Here in, in this service, I would love to see you come to this altar and just right here, right now. Just start talking to God again. Tell God you're going to trust Him even though that's hard. You're going to trust Him even though you don't understand. You'll trust Him when it's the hardest to do so because you believe deep down He really is God. Father, I pray that You'd use Your Word to bring comfort, encouragement to these dear people. But more than that, Lord, I pray that they would decide to keep talking, keep trusting. And I pray they'll have that verse 22 experience. That somewhere along the way, maybe even today, they'll cross the line.
and you'll seem real to them again. God, work in their life as only you can. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.